Okay, so we have Grace Troutman here from Grace T Photography. Grace, thanks for being on the show. Thanks so much for having me. This is awesome. Yeah. Uh, I guess for the audience, just a little context for them. Um, you know, spend as much time as you'd like kind of telling us who you are, what you're about, what you've been up to. Yeah. So I am a Midwest and destination wedding photographer. Um, I'm based in Iowa and I shoot destination weddings all over the world. Um, and I'm also an educator. So I teach other photographers how to do the same thing. But yeah. Now tell me about uh, kind of you getting into photography. Uh, uh, the story that most photographers say is it wasn't like that's kind of the dream they had, but it wasn't their career. Maybe they had a day job. How did you find yourself, you know, becoming a photographer professionally? Yeah. So um, I actually went to school for photography. So I went to college for photography and marketing, but I actually never wanted to be a wedding photographer. Um, at first, I was like, I want to be a starving artist. I want to move to New York or LA and do fine art and be in galleries and all that stuff. Um, but then once I started moving into marketing, um, I really just wanted to do a lot of like digital advertising, um, work for a company who does that type of stuff. Um, but it didn't work out that way, which is fine. Um, but yeah, I went to school and then my husband and I moved to Arizona um, once I graduated from Iowa and we moved to Arizona. Didn't love it there. Um, I was still waitressing at the time. That's just kind of what I did right out of school um, and just focused on that and took small shoots here and there. Um, but I wasn't loving it. It wasn't like my career path. I was like, no, I'm still going to work in an office, a nine to five job and live for the weekends. Um, but then after a couple months, we moved to California and we stayed there for about two years. And while I was there, I worked for a post-processing company. Um, so basically, you know, post-processing, doing all the editing um, of photographers. So they would send in their weddings, their shoots, and then we would edit them. So I was talking to photographers all day long. I was editing their photos all day long. And at one point I was just like this, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be behind the desk. I want to be the one actually taking the photos. So I started second shooting um, out in LA and eventually since I'm from Iowa, um, people started seeing me do this and they started flying me back to Iowa to shoot weddings. So I was getting more work back in Iowa than I was in California. And, um, it just kind of took off. And at one point I said, um, to my husband, I actually booked about 10 weddings back home. So we can either pack up and move or you're not going to see me for about four months. Um, so we packed up and we moved back to Iowa and then that's kind of how my business grew. Nice. I'm curious about the, I mean, I want to call it like a farm, like an editing farm. The, tell me, how did you get that job? Tell me, or like, tell me a little bit about that. Um, it's just, is it just a big room with 10 IMAX and everyone just sitting in Lightroom, just applying presets? Yeah, it was, it was a crazy atmosphere. Um, there was a lot of moving parts to it, but it's actually pretty common to have um, an outsourcing company. Um, there's plenty all over the world, but this one in California was close to San Diego. And yeah, it was just a bunch of people kind of sitting around editing people's photos. Um, I taught, I was mainly customer service. So I talked to photographers on the phone about what they wanted and their 
color profiles and everything. Um, but yeah, it was a different take on it from like how to get into photography. It was like the back end work. So I'm a really quick editor. I can like get photos back to you insanely fast. So <laughs> that's always helps me. Hey, nice. Um, with you said you kind of moved into marketing. You, you your idea of photography was first like fine art. Um, I, I I'm curious about your answer because I have I have my answer. I did the same thing. I was like very like I'm gonna be Hollywood cinematographer and then go and then go. But then I got a taste of marketing and I was like, it, what was your reason for moving from the fine art to marketing? I, it's a very layered answer um so when i was in school they only taught fine art in terms of like uh, film cameras so i shot on film for about three and a half years in college and um you know developed in the dark room did all of that stuff and um, my professor at the time was very pro fine art um he had a high level education for, for fine art and um, did a lot of gallery shows so i just kind of thought that that was what I needed to do. And I didn't form my own opinion on it. But once I actually started taking work for myself, I realized, okay, yes, this is actually what I really like to do. Um, but yeah, it was, it was just me kind of realizing that like, I can do this and I don't have to be a fine art photographer just to be in photography. Um, yeah, that was kind of my journey on it. Perfect. Yeah. And I think also with marketing you also kind of see the change a little bit you maybe you as the creative you can kind of like you can whether you create a video or you create a photo or help lead this campaign you can kind of see some sort of tangible change of business or sign up revenue but like yeah with fine art i feel like it would just be you're selling art and that's kind of it you say hey i got 10 gigs in iowa back in iowa i'm going back tell me about was that the first time you had done weddings or because you, you know, you're saying that you weren't originally into weddings. Tell me about that very first wedding photography gig. Yeah. Um, my very, very first wedding. Um, we'll, we'll kind of do two stories here. My, my very, very first one was actually in college. So I didn't really want to do it. I was like, I've never really done this before, but I'll just do it. It was for a family friend. Um, little church out in the middle of nowhere in Iowa and it was about two hours and I took photos in the church and took some bridal party photos and that was it so uh, I think I got paid like two hundred dollars too so that was my very first one I wasn't completely in love with it then because I was still in college I was like eh, not my favorite thing but my actual first like paid gig um like outside of college when I was like, yes, this is kind of what I want to do was actually in uh, the Dominican. <laughs> so it was crazy. I booked a destination wedding, like right out of the gate. My actually my first two weddings were destination weddings in the Dominican Republic and then in South Pottery, Texas. So they were through people that I knew, which was nice. And they knew I wanted to get into this. Um, but after those weddings, I was like, this is my thing. I'm going to travel, I'm going to shoot weddings, you know, in these amazing places. And this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. So the destination wedding, um, that, that had to be really scary for like first time ever. Like I, I wouldn't even know how to price that or like what kind of gear do you pack or is it the, or even like, do you have the right chargers to bring? Do they have, do they have normal chargers there? <laughs> 
<laughs> I think they did. <laughs> I don't even remember at this point. But yes, it was so scary. I mean, I had no clue. I didn't even know what a timeline was um, and how to put that together. It was a big learning experience for oh me. Gosh. Absolutely. And and thankfully, they, they knew I, this was like one of my first ones. Um, you know, I don't think they were ex- expecting a lot from me, which was fine. But I was proud of my work. I was proud of my first work, but I look back and I'm like, wow, I've come a long way for sure. Okay. So you've done, you've done the weddings. You feel comfortable with that. You're just kind of trotting along. When did the education aspect come into your business or when did you decide that I can teach this or when did you feel comfortable that maybe I should start teaching photography to other photographers? So after a couple of years, um, you know, running this, back in Iowa, uh, my following started picking up, uh, people started reaching out to me. And very often, um, just asking about like, how do you do this? And how do you do that? And can I follow you? Um, and eventually, I started just doing like little coffee date sessions, where we just sit down and just chat about business and what I had been doing and what I had learned. Um, and yeah, it's grown, it's grown so much. Um, but that was something that I was like, this is what I'm passionate about. And I think it runs a little bit in my family. My dad is an educator. He's a superintendent. Um, He always wanted me to be an art teacher at a school. And I was like, no, I'm never going to be a teacher, but clearly runs in the family here. Um, So yeah. um, Sorry. That's, (laughs) I kind of rambled on that one. No, you're good. So you, so you started off as just coffee date sessions where you're just like sitting across the table and just like letting some what were they they were just kind of like picking your brain about things or yep picking my brain a little bit um but yeah after a couple years it just started picking up a little bit more and then people actually wanted to really invest and know the nitty-gritty of all of it and that's when I was like okay this is something that I'm super passionate about you know teaching people where I wish I would have had an educator you know back then five years ago when I started, you know, Instagram wasn't like that big yet. It was still kind of like picking up speed a little bit. And I didn't really follow any other photographers. And I didn't, like, even for my own wedding five years ago, I didn't follow any other other photographers. And I, yeah, so looking at, you know, there was a need for that. That's where I was like, okay, I'm just going to offer, you know, these little sessions where people can come chat and pick my brain a little bit. We can have coffee or a happy hour drink and just chat about business and then it grew into longer sessions um like one-on-one mentor sessions where people can come along with me on a shoot um they can watch me how i shoot we can go over editing we go over every aspect of a business um from your instagram marketing um all of that fun stuff tell me i'm curious about now that kind of in you know i'm always curious about that inflection point you know the kind of the moment when it gets really real <laughs> to put it like uh, I couldn't think can't think of a better way to say it but you're just like oh shit this is wow this is actually something this is not just like a little side hobby um when like tell me about that like it was just like casual coffee sessions when you know when or was it a course or was it uh, a dollar amount that started to come in that you started to realize that this is more than just some kind of nice way to help the fans or nice way to help other photographers like this is something real yeah um definitely when I started charging uh a lot more money for my time um and people 
want to learn and they want to have guidance on like, especially how to start a business. Starting a business is hard. Um, you know, if you're lost and you've never done it before, I had no idea what I was doing. So I would have definitely paid good money for people to show me what to do. So kind of the monetary aspect. And then, um, I also, after going to a workshop myself, I was like, wow, these people are passionate about this. Like I'm passionate about this. I really think I can do this in the future. Can you talk a little bit more about that class or, or has there been like, uh, you know, has there, cause we all, I think we've all bought online courses. We've probably, a lot of us have still uncompleted, uh, online courses. Like still, you know, you, you watch the first two lessons and that was it. Um, what, yeah, what was what, Tell me about that class or tell me about a class or a course or seminar that you took that kind of really changed your trajectory, really kind of uh, opened you up or, you know, a, a new perspective as a photographer. Yeah, um, I did a couple. So I initially, I think two and a half years ago now, I went to a workshop in Yosemite with the Hearns and um, Maddie May. They were partnered up doing a workshop together and it was their first one. It was amazing. I don't know if you follow them, but they are absolutely incredible elopement photographers. And at the time I was like, that's what I want to do. I want to do like adventure elopements. Um, that has since changed, but that's okay. Glad I got the experience. Um, but they are amazing educators. And from there I was like, wow, this is something that like is a business. You can educate other people. Cause I didn't know you could actually like have a business just educating people. I thought like, oh, everyone's just photographers and then you hand off knowledge here and there. Um, but after that, like going to Yosemite, being in an amazing place, um, learning from these educators, you just walk away with like so much passion and adrenaline for it. And you're like, wow, I can actually really do this. So after that experience, and then um, I did a mentor session actually recently at the beginning of this year um, with Evie Rupp. And that was so encouraging as well. She is an amazing educator. Um, her and Lizzie Rowan are awesome educators with the Hart University. And uh, I kind of took that and like ran with it just because I think I needed just a little push actually at the beginning of this year to be like, you can do it. You can offer workshops because I've been holding back on that a little bit. Um, but I just actually finished one yesterday, um, first workshop of the year. Um, and that was awesome to just like push through it and go through with it. Yeah. How have workshops been this year? It's like, I mean, obviously everything has changed is, is like, I'm sure a lot of people had workshops booked in person or they were ready to show up. How has it been like, let's just move it to virtual or how, how, how'd you kind of traverse that? Yeah, it's, it's been a journey for sure. I was actually planning on offering, um, I, anywhere from four to six workshops this year, which definitely got um, derailed a little bit. Uh, but the one yesterday, it was a very intimate setting. Um, there were just a few photographers there um, with all safety requirements in place. Um, and just like a quick little mini workshop. It was a two hour workshop, just a local one here in Des Moines, Iowa, um, for any photographers who just wanted to get out and learn just a little bit. So no international ones, no ones in other states or anything like that. But it was good to just like get that under my belt and just like have that fire lit under me again. Yeah, because the prep has to be so much different than a wedding shoot or anything like that. I mean, it's they're like, are you coming up with a lesson plan? Are you uh, is there, are you like rehearsing in front of the mirror or recording yourself? How, how do you going to get ready for a workshop? 
Yeah. Um, I mean, I definitely have to plan everything out, especially with what I'm teaching, uh, make lesson plans, like an actual teacher in a school. Um, but this one was, uh, yesterday was a little bit smaller. So I was only teaching on a couple subjects, which was actually really nice just to chat about that and then be done for the night. Um, but big workshops, um, you know, like two, three day workshops, you have to have all that prepped beforehand, um, slideshows, you have to have models, um, a venue, like cool places to shoot. So it's a lot of work. Yep. Um, I want to ask you about imposter syndrome because, you know, I'll, I'll make some, I've, I've made some educational content here and there and it'll creep up on me and I'll be like, it's just that little voice in here. Like, what are you doing, Jordan? Like, okay, you're not, you're not qualified to talk about this or like, how do you, you know, you, sh this is not, this is not your wheelhouse. What are you doing? Like, you know, um, does that ever come up in your plan or like, how do you kind of like fight against that? Uh, I don't know if it's negative self-talk, but just that, you know, that imposter syndrome, like I, I, I shouldn't be teaching this or I'm, I, there are better people to teach this. Yeah, absolutely. I think we all struggle with that at some point or another. Cause you know, you see other people doing all of this stuff that looks so easy to them, but um yeah, I actually, last year, I think I struggled with that a lot because I was holding off on doing workshops because I just thought I wasn't ready yet. Um, you know, I'm not qualified enough for teaching. I need to do more like mentor sessions before I do workshops. But um, at one point, I was like, I have to dive in at some point to do this, to get started, to get rolling, because how are you going to get better before, you know, you even start going? You have to get into it to get better. Um so yeah, last year, for sure, I felt that way. But diving in this year, and just like getting a little mini one under the rug felt so good. <laughs> it doesn't have to be a big one, but a little mini one was so good. I've been playing with the idea of imposter syndrome that it's actually a good thing that if you feel like you're out of your league, or you feel uncomfortable, that it's like, kind of lean into that. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I feel like it's okay to feel that way. Because how, how else are you going to learn and grow? You know what I mean? You can't always be comfortable in what you're doing, especially in a business. If you're comfortable, you're not doing something right. You know what I mean? Um, to grow and to expand your business in any way, you have to lean into that uncomfortability. Okay. I want to move to now a segment. <laughs> I'm calling it questions that should be replaced. <laughs> um, these these are, uh, I, th I think as online educators, we get a lot of, there's just, there are, the frequently asked questions, FAQs that um, you're happy for the answer and you're and you're thankful for the engagement and you love that they're showing interest and, and all that. But then you're like, then you get that same question 25 more times and you're just like, okay, please, like I need to make a video about this or I need, I need to make a, I need to make a, an entire course about this because this is, uh, if one person has this question, that means probably a thousand other people have this question that are too afraid to ask. Um, so I want to pitch some questions to you uh, about just kind of I don't again we're not we're not making fun of these photographers we've all been there we're all on our journey of getting better as photographers but um, the biggest question that stands out to me is what camera settings do you use people asking you they reach out and say Grace what what settings on your camera are you using to get your shots. Yeah. And we have all been there. I mean, when I was starting out, I was like, how do they make this stuff look so good? Um, but I always come back with like, 
I don't know because I can't tell you like if you're shooting in a different environment this photo is going to look so different from where you're shooting you know the time of day affects it if it's cloudy if it's sunny so I can't help you there but if you want to learn from me let's sign up for a mentor session um so I just try to like let them know like there's a lot more to it than just like getting the settings uh right because I think it's a little bit more than you know, just having your settings, you need to learn manual on your camera, you need yes. to understand how it all works together. You need to understand how to shoot like if it's harsh light, if it's backlit, if it's cloudy. Um, so I just let them know it's like it's a little bit more than just the settings on your camera. Yes, listeners look, look up exposure triangle. <laughs> understand that it's all yeah, I, I'll, I'll see these things like uh, there's some TikToks that I watch and they'd be like, how to shoot when you're when the sun is back you know the sun is backlit it's like well that doesn't apply to air it's like they're like set your set your iso to 100 and set your shutter speed to 2000 it's like not every time that doesn't work like that um so um or you know i've i've dealt with this too like I, as a as a filmmaker it was all about the gear i'm sure in um some photography circles it's all about what lens are you using? What model? What body are you using? What? How'd you get this shot? What color profile do you have? Like, um, maybe talk a little bit about that. Those kinds of questions, the the gear questions, the um, the software, the presets questions. How like how do you kind of address those? Or um, what's kind of your best answer to kind of jujitsu those kind of people to say like, well, it's not about Fuji versus Canon versus Nikon. It's more about this answer. Yeah. Um, I mean, thankfully highlights on Instagram are a thing. So people can go look through <laughs> all of these questions um, that I typically answer and put up there, but with the gear stuff. Yeah. Um, I let them know just that it's, it's more than just the camera that you have. Um, I actually follow a photographer on Instagram. I forget her name, but she shoots with a rebel and a 35 and her images are incredible. They are amazing. So um, I just let people know that it's not your gear, it's it's how you use your camera and how you understand how to use it, um, That you, how you're going to get those amazing photos. And with software and presets, I am an open book. So I let people know what presets I use um, on any photos that I shoot with. So if they want to go try it, they can totally try it. But again, you have to get learn your camera get those shots right in camera and then apply presets. Presets are not a blanket. They can't fix everything. Um, so I think people need to understand and learn that right away. Yeah. How important is it to learn the camera that you have or try to aspire to get the best camera you can or the best camera you can afford and learn that? What's um, Where do you kind of strike the balance between that or or what's the kind of philosophy you take when it comes to understanding your own gear versus trying to learn the the medium format super cameras? I mean, always, I have said, do not go in debt over this career um, or any career. Um, so if you can't afford, you know, a Mark IV, don't get one. Um, learn on your Rebel first, because that is what is going to propel you forward and you're going to, you know, just jump into the next camera and be like, wow, this is great. Um, so I think just learning with what you have, you know, if you can't afford anything else, learn with what you have, make it right, understand your settings. And then eventually when you can afford, 
you know, the bigger high quality cameras dive into it and you can just jump right in. What are some questions that, you know, we don't, I'm not going to put you on the spot to say like, think of these questions to replace it, but like as photographers get better or like, is it just that they hit a certain amount of skill and then they need to shift their focus on something else? Like what, you know, a photographer who's like, they have 10 weddings under their belt. They have a year's experience, two years experience under their belt. What are those photographers? What should they start focusing on? Cause you know, they understand manual, they understand auto, they understand aperture, they understand all that. But what should those one to two year, three year photographers start focusing on more? I love this because I feel like I had this moment after a couple of years um, or even a year or two, yeah, under a couple of years in the business, I was like, okay, this is great. I know how to work my camera. I know how to do this. I know how to put together a timeline. But then all of a sudden I was like, how can I offer a better client experience? Um, cause I was just basically shooting and then giving the gallery, um, I would maybe send like booking gifts or something like that, but it wasn't like an all in amazing high end, incredible client experience. So that is when I was like, okay, this is what I can do. Focus on this, um, you know, creating those experiences that clients are going to talk about for years to come, um, refer you for years to come that's where I was like, okay, I can't just like stay static in my business and keep doing the same thing. I need to keep elevating. We're expanding that client experience. Where'd you kind of, what was kind of your inspiration for that? Or were there other photographers or other businesses out there that, um, that really kind of shone a light on like, wow, this is a great, great customer experience. I think I looked back into my own wedding experience, um, and just kind of thought about like, what, what was I missing? a little bit. Um, and it's not like it was a bad experience by any means whatsoever. Um, but it was the same one of just like shooting and giving the gallery and that's it. And things that I would have loved, like a, um, like a wedding client guide, something like a magazine that you send out to your clients to flip through of like what to expect on a wedding day and why you should have a first look or not have a first look. Um, those are things that I would have enjoyed a little bit more or just like little gifts. Like, so you can, I mean, personally, I send out booking gifts. Um, I sent out gifts when people had to reschedule for COVID because that's such a bummer. Um, and then I also send a gift at the end when I deliver the gallery. So it's just a little thing saying like, hey, I'm thinking of you. I appreciate you. Thank you for working with me type of thing. Um, so a lot of gratitude and just saying thank you for spending this money on me and working with me as well. And does those, do those kind of things happen overnight or should a photographer kind of prepare that you should want to evolve this experience over time? I mean, I would say photographers need to think about it um, to have an elevated client experience. Mine definitely evolved over time. I started small, um, but I think you can start small right away too. So, you know, instead of sending like a hundred dollar booking gift of like a cute box filled with goodies or whatever, you can send a $20 Starbucks card and people will still be like, Oh my gosh, they were thinking of me. So I think it, it's important to think about it right away to dive into your business and, you know, think about your client first and not just you. Cause I think we all tend to do that. We think about like, what amazing shot can I get? And like, where am I going to be featured with this? But having a photography wedding business is not about us. It's about our client and giving them an amazing experience. So thinking about them right away and what they would like 
is something you should be focusing on right away. How do you go about uh, developing your courses? Or what, is, what are the kind of thought process that leads to a course or a seminar or a workshop? Um, is this something that happens overnight? Or is this something that it kind of bugs you over a couple of weeks until you finally get motivated to make a course? <laughs> um, a lot of it is, you know, I, I'm listening to photographers who are reaching out and asking for asking certain questions or explaining that they have a need that's not fulfilled. So um, I have a posing guide that I've released um, earlier this year because a lot of photographers have asked me over the years, like, how do you get your candid posing? Um, so at that point, I was like, okay, I just need to dive in and make a posing guide. Um, but yeah, I just kind of figure out, you know, how can I solve this problem for other photographers that they're dealing with or struggling with? Like, how can I make this easier for them? And is it like you're, is, like, how are you kind of getting that data? Or is it just kind of like you just casually see it through DMs or you're starting to get like more and more emails of the same thing? Like, um, or, or better question, when do you know this is something to put your resources towards? Like, there are, there are good questions out there and there are good problems to solve in the photography world, but when do you say, like, I want to dedicate my time to focusing on solving this problem or teaching people how to solve this problem? Yeah, um, it's a lot when I see a big need for it. So, yeah, a lot of DMs. Um, I've ran polls um, on Instagram, asked questions about, like, what are people wanting to learn? Um, so, yeah, kind of feeling out my audience a little bit, but then also thinking back again to like my experience and like what I needed when I was first starting out. Um, or like, you know, at one point I was like, I do not love posing my clients in these just like static poses anymore. I, I really want to learn how to like get them moving, get those like candid fun poses. So, you know, I developed that over a couple of years and people have reached out, reached out about it. So at that point, I'm like, okay, this, there's a need for it. Um, so I think it, it is over time a little bit, just kind of feeling it out and seeing what people need. Um, but then also just thinking back to like what I needed to. And can you spend, expand a little bit about the, the kind of business side of education? Because you're, you know, you come up with it because it, you're basically like creating a new product. So you come, you come up with the idea, you find a problem, you try to solve the client's problem. Um, has there been, was it a, how big of a learning curve was it to kind of learn the business of education and learn how to successfully launch a course and how to get people excited and how to get people to sign up? Yeah, it's a whole new thing. It's, it's definitely different from the wedding side of a business of like just shooting and working with wedding clients. Um, especially like launching or doing any type of launch, um, this is where my marketing background comes in a little bit. Um, but yeah, it, it's a whole new thing of like how to hype up your products um, and your courses or whatever you're making um, and just kind of putting those together. And what are the kind of classic mistakes you're seeing with these product launches, these new course launches? You know, there's a lot of educators out there. What are you kind of seeing um, as a typical problem, you know, either from a photographer's perspective or your marketing perspective? Um. Yes, I right away, actually, um, one of my first workshops was in 2018. And um, I did not market for it correctly at all. Um, and I now understand 
what happened, but I just kind of just launched it out of nowhere. I didn't really speak about it a lot. Um, I maybe talked about it like a week or two before it actually happened. And I, nobody really knew about it. And people are like, what you were launching a workshop, What? that's crazy. Um, so back then I should have taken the time to actually educate my followers or anybody who wanted to learn from me and just educate them about what it was going to be about, uh, who it was for, what you would learn there. Um, and now I can apply that to everything that I've learned now, but Yes, those are common mistakes of just like diving right into it and putting it out into the world when you haven't spoken about it before. Um, it could because a lot of people, even there's another photographer recently that I'm thinking of that launched a podcast, and I'm like, oh, I didn't even know you were wanting to do that. Like, that's cool, that's great, but like, what? So, you don't want to blindside people at all, you just want to let them know like this is happening you should be excited about it you should be prepping for it um, if you're interested or qualify for these types of things this is what you should do yep like the launch day is not the first time they should hear about this yeah and uh and i think that's a good way too like if you're talking about it ahead of time you can also uh you know no one nerd out but like you can do a little a b testing with it like you can kind of like because it would be a shame to spend all this time creating a course and then you put it out and you realize that nobody wanted this or no one had any, there was no warm interest about it. So like, as you're kind of putting it out, you're, you could still like, it's almost like I'm trying to think it's almost how some of these tech giants test things out or like, like Elon Musk will test things out. It's like you throw a little, you just kind of throw something out there to see if it sticks or see if it creates a little buzz. And that and just kind of use that information or lack of information to kind of decide if you should start building the next course or continue or continue on. And that's why I love doing those polls on Instagram or asking, you know, my followers, you know, is this something you'd be interested in? What do you guys want to learn from me next? So I kind of get a feel of what they want. Um, let's see. I'm curious now what, you know, as a, as an educator for photographers, like what is, What's something that young photographers, li very little experience, they what's something that or takeaways they can have for the rest of this year and kind of moving into twenty twenty one? Yeah, um, I mean, a big thing that I have been focusing on is kind of letting go of a lot of expectations right now, um, but also like continuing to have goals. Um, so set goals for your future. But with everything that's happening, <laughs> don't have too high expectations on yourself where you can't accomplish anything. Um, so I would, yeah, a little bit to lean into is just have those goals um, for your future, set them, you know, break them down into like, okay, if you want to accomplish this or launch a workshop, let's say launch a workshop in 2021, what do you have to do? to get yourself there um, and break it down month by month, even week by week. Should they slow down their expectations? Like just kind of the idea that during, you know, during all this, that it just kind of, everything kind of takes a little bit longer or like, it's just going to take a little bit, a slower pace. I wouldn't say slow down, but maybe be flexible. Um, yeah. Don't slow down, but just be flexible and be weary of like what can happen in the future but also just like yeah keep investing in yourself um investing in education like online stuff is 
a great avenue right now if you don't want to go to in-person workshops or um, it's not exactly safe um, to travel if you want to travel to do workshops um, you know all of that fun stuff like online resources is the best way to go uh well grace what's in the works for let's like tell us about your next course or like upcoming content or something which kind of upcoming projects you're working on so i do have another mini workshop coming up um in november kind of like the one i just did um it's a very intimate setting there's just a few photographers there it is locally in des moines in iowa but on um, the works for courses i have um a beginner's guide coming out so this would be great for any beginner photographer that should be launching in the next couple months hopefully um by the end of october or into november um but it's a great guide for beginners if they have no clue what they're doing on a wedding day and how to shoot so list my gear um everything that i shoot with my settings that i shoot with um like my average settings on a wedding day and then you know what to expect all through a wedding day and then i also have an associate guide coming out as well because i do have a team um, and that's one of the questions I get a lot is how to run an associate team. So that should be launching by the end of the year as well. Awesome. And where can we find all that or, you know, Instagram website? Yeah, you can find me on Grace T Photography on Instagram. And then my website is gracetphotography.com. Well, cool. Well, Grace, thanks for being on the show. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. Photographers, do you want to raise your prices, but don't know how? Ditch your pretty Pinterest templates for something that actually makes you money. Check the boxes where the answer is yes. Are you unsure how to get those high paying clients? Are you tired of everyone selling you on the secret formula to success that doesn't seem to be aligned with who you really are? Do you feel ready to raise your prices, but do you still feel like the market is too saturated? Are you tired of chasing wedding after wedding, barely breaking even? Do your clients say, we can't afford you? Are you feeling burnt out from saying yes to jobs and clients that don't resonate with you. Do you want to feel alive, excited, and inspired in your creative life again? If you checked any of these boxes above, then I want to invite you to check out the Perfect Wedding Package. Start charging what you deserve. You can be the best photographer with the best gear, but unless you're actually making money at this, it's nothing more than a really, really expensive hobby. What most of us end up doing, we work on projects that can barely pay the rent and end up having to settle for a 9 to 5. As a photographer, we start with so much passion and excitement. Then one day, a friend of ours says they're getting married, and then they want you to shoot it. Wait, really? But I've only been doing this for fun up till now. I can't charge my friends thousands of dollars. So instead, you tell them you're only going to charge $250, even though, looking back, they would have been more than happy to pay you more. An even worse scenario is to charge nothing for a wedding shoot because you feel like you need more practice. So much of our pricing is based on confidence and perception. As you quietly bump along to your next wedding, this time it's a friend of a friend. You think, well, I can't jump too high. I'll charge $300 for this wedding. And on and on, you barely bump up your prices as to not disturb the waters or appear too ambitious. You think to yourself, if I charge $2,500, I'll look like a money-hungry con artist. And on top of all that, I don't even know what excuses I would say to a client if they push back. I would run scared back down to $300 because it feels safe. And at least I won't get a no, right? Hi, I'm Jordan P. Anderson. I'm a marketing nerd, content creator. I've filmed over 200 I do's and spent the last 10 years trying to perfect a system that creates a compelling story that drives business results, whether it's new followers 
course signups, or booking new clients. That business results part didn't come easy. I spent my first few years at a college in La La Land making, shooting, and vlogging my way to booking more clients. But my efforts versus what I was being paid for was always felt disconnected. I was playing around on YouTube hoping something magical would happen, and it didn't. I was barely living up to the dreams I'd set for myself. To put it bluntly, I would have made more money at Burger King than working on my video business. I felt guilty for being a poor husband. My wife was absolutely killing it in her healthcare job, and I was simply playing YouTuber, not bringing my share as a husband. I felt guilty, I felt like a failure, and on top of that, I then lost my job. Now backed into a dark corner, one that I'd never want to visit again, I had to do some real soul searching to upheave my business, start from scratch, and create a system that could actually make money and start contributing more as a husband. Job rejection after job rejection, unemployment checks running dry, everything was out of my control. The only thing I could control was my perspective and the skills I could learn. The core of my insecurity was that I didn't know how to properly charge my clients. I didn't know how to ask for what I wanted. I started reading and studying every pricing, sales, and marketing book I can get my hands on. And then I changed my perspective. I realized that I can do this. I can provide for my wife. I can live up to those dreams. My biggest aha. My biggest aha moment was around the idea that pricing is about confidence and perception. I realized that it's all about how you frame the conversation with your clients. You have to believe that the clients love paying for your expensive options because of how it makes them feel. It was never about how slick I dressed or how cool I used the word strategic content-driven initiatives. Knowing this, I put together this new pricing sheet and I had a client looking for a new website, a new take on their business, and a documentary to go along with it. This was my shot to put this new pricing knowledge into action. $10,000 was the number. I stared at this number on the screen for three days. No way can I send this quote. This is more money than I've ever made in my video business. Believing it's all possible, I emailed the proposal. Later that night at 10 p.m., client called and they said yes. I was lying to myself that I wasn't able to charge for what I deserve, and I chose not to accept it. In fact, I feel this calling to help you flip your approach. Save yourself from the lies we tell ourselves, and instead, get you focusing on creating something that your clients are dying to say yes to. My goal is to help you establish a price that reflects who you truly are, a professional photographer that deserves to be seen as a business-savvy, highly-valued creative who kicks ass at earning a living. Introducing the Perfect Wedding Package. I've built this Perfect Wedding Package to be a step-by-step -step guide for wedding photographers to start charging what they deserve. If you want more income, better clients, and more time to do the things you love, this template is what you need. Establish pricing that reflects your true value and upgrade your mindset to get comfortable welcoming more money and abundance with ease. The Perfect Wedding Package is your next step on the journey to raising your rates and getting paid what you deserve. You've been leaving so much money on the table with your wedding packages. What's inside the Perfect Package? A DIY printable one-page proposal that saves you countless hours on quoting and negotiation, an easy-to-read breakdown of a price sheet so you're able to bring in more income and avoid the low-paying, stressful gigs, creating the perfect set of options for your brides and grooms. The main reason why your wedding packages fail to book new clients? A checklist for what you need before any proposal is ever written and how to avoid clients from hell. 
the art of crafting options that guide your clients to choosing the right package every time. You'll also receive the perfect wedding package template, a $250 value, an in-depth video lesson, $500 value, a bonus, one-on-one -on -one wedding package workshop, a $2,000 value, another bonus, photography website audit, a $2,000 value, and a third bonus, direct access to me on Discord, a $150 value, total value, $4,900. Free video lesson. This in-depth video lesson makes it easy to create a one-page price sheet that does the selling for you and gives you the confidence to increase your income and free up time for you to focus on your best creative self, a $500 value. Bonus number one, one-on-one -on -one wedding package workshop. This 30-minute coaching session magnifies your results by having a practical, comprehensive conversation that focuses on perfecting your prices and clears up any hesitation about taking the next big step in your business and helps you realize that you are worth it and you deserve what's best in life. Bonus number two, photography website audit. This personalized assessment provides the keys to getting an objective look at your website so that you can create an experience that excites clients to work with you and share your story as a creative as well as create a place that shows off your portfolio that you can be proud of. Bonus number three, free access to me on Discord. This private channel is the shortcut needed to get direct access to me so you're able to get your price questions answered and create a safe place to learn how to upgrade your business and build a network that goes beyond your little backyard. A $4,900 value for only $97. I'm no math surgeon, but that looks like $4,883 of education going right back into your bank account. Imagine how it will feel to book your ideal clients, generate the income that you need and deserve, finally go full-time, have the tools you need to reach your goals, and truly believe in yourself. So what's the catch, Jordan? I'm offering this guide because I know that when you raise your rates and your clients say yes, that you're more likely to keep doing what you love, leave the nine to five behind forever, and continue to grow your photography brand. That's it. That's my sleazy sales tactic for you to have success and maybe one day to share that success with the creative community. In fact, $97 is 1 50th of what I could be charging for an offer like this. I'm almost kicking myself for setting the price so low. So why would I do this? Helping photographers is my calling because like you, I've been told you have to go get a real job and that you have to be a starving artist in order to do what you love. I'm calling bullshit. So my goal is to help you make money. Then hopefully you'll choose to reinvest some of those profits back into the products and services that I offer. Does that sound more than fair? Do you have a guarantee? Yes. If at any time you feel like you have not gotten your money's worth, let me know and I'll refund you on the spot. I guarantee that if you implement this template, watch the videos, ask questions, and start believing that this is all possible, then you'll have a completely new wedding package and a solid understanding of the core fundamentals of pricing and marketing yourself as a photographer. If for some reason you don't feel this is true, then let me know and you'll receive a full refund. No questions asked, and you keep the template to share with a friend who might find it useful. But if you're like most people, this experience will change your business, and for some of you, it will change your outlook on life. Just to recap, the perfect wedding package includes the perfect wedding package template, a $250 value, in-depth video lesson, $500 value, a bonus of one-on-one -on -one wedding package workshop, $2,000 value, second bonus of photography website audit, $2,000 value, and a third bonus of direct access to me on Discord, a total value of $4,900. If you want more income, 
better clients and more time to do the things you love, then this is the template you need. Frequently asked questions. Do I have to be an advanced pro photographer? Not at all. In fact, the earlier you learn this, the more your photography business will thrive. Avoid the early mistakes and start charging what you're worth. And for the professionals out there, let's break a few old habits around pricing your work. When do I get to talk to you, Jordan? In order to get the most out of this package and get light a fire under your ass, we have to strike while the iron is hot. Your booking window expires 60 days from the date of purchase, so get on the Calendly ASAP. If there are major schedule conflicts, let me know. How do I book my pricing session with you, Jordan? I'll send you a Calendly invite for our 30-minute pricing workshop. You choose a time that works for you, and away we go. Does this actually work? Yes. Speaking from personal experience, I've used this on projects where I was able to charge $10,000. The variable is you and how much you believe you can achieve your goals. Why is this so cheap? Value is in the eye of the beholder. If you really want to know, I'm keeping this price down because I want so many more people to get their hands on this knowledge. If you want to pay more for it, just let me know. Thanks for listening. To start using the perfect wedding package, go to jordanpanderson.com slash wedding package.